Welcome once again, non-productive universe, to another German suplexing episode of Wrestling Recap, the show that hits you for a 10 count with the best in pro wrestling this week. I'm Big Papa the Snake Pete. By my side, as always, is the heartbreak kid, Longshot Ken. Let's jump straight into the action. Ooh, yeah! We open up uh, Raw with Bobby Roode and Elias being rudefully interrupted in his uh, singing. Actually, I'm a little upset he didn't get to do any singing. He was gloriously <laughs> interrupted, Ken. But I got to tell you, I, I, again, I'll sing Bobby Roode to the rafters. I love the guy, and he wound up uh, falling to Elias. But I got to tell you, man, I like Elias when they actually allow him to fight. Um, <laughs> I, I hear a lot of people are saying that they're kind of tired of Elias' stick. But the last three times I've seen him in the ring, that, that dude can wrestle. Yeah. So And I was happy to, to, to see him get that win. So... Hats off to Elias, and I hope that this is a rivalry that, that that's going to continue for a little bit. They can do some good work together. Moving on, uh, we had the first episode of what they're calling it, the Zane and Owens show? Yeah, something like that. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, does everybody have to have their own Piper's Pit ripoff? Like, when did this become a thing? Well, this became a thing a long time ago, I realize that. Yes. But can we stop it now, please? Can Give you, people some more time, and you know, we'll, we'll you can, get into that. You can get into, just have have backstage segments or promos in front of the crowd. You don't have to put your own set together. And it's cons- annoying. Considering, I mean, Sami Zayn was totally into this whole thing. Kevin Owens looked like he was he had to be yeah. kind of pressured into it. Well, Zayn's a delight any, t- he, any way you cut it. He's great. But uh, I love for, the reading glasses now, by the way. Yes, uh, but in in that in that segment, they brought out Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. They ragged on him, did, threw a couple "You're a bad dad" and Stephanie owns you kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and then that caused Angle to set up a match with uh, Zayn and Owens versus Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. Finally, seeing yeah. him in the ring doing something, which was pretty cool. I can't believe. And we've got him down from five from uh, from ten man tag matches to just a regular four man tag match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I still cannot get over how how over Braun Strowman is. Like people are chanting, "Get these hands now in the ring." It, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I like it, him, man. It's uh, it's the new thing. He's the, he's the. Uh... He's the new black. It just like okay, like orange. Yes, but yeah, just weird. I mean, he he's he's a he's a he's a heel traditionally, but he's just so over. Yeah. It's incredible. He he did, think, he did a turn so quick. I don't know, man. They're they're, they're steering him way the hell away from a uh, a, a traditional heel. No, he's not. He's, he's he's straight up hero at this point. He's he's a face. I mean, I actually kind of like the idea of, of him and Lashley working together for a little bit, but man, put him back in, in contention for the Universal title soon, too. I mean, if he's that over. Yeah, yeah. He he really, anybody in the picture right now, he can make a bloody smear of. So uh, move on, put the strap on Broman, and uh, let's actually enjoy stuff. Next up, the Miztourage had an incredible segment this week. Can we? Are we still calling them the Miztourage? Is that the? I mean, uh, they were they were uh, on this past Monday. Yeah, so I don't know for how much no, longer they, they don't have the Miz anymore. They don't, but they're looking for a new Miz. Yeah, uh, seeing them show up uh, backstage in the uh, locker rooms trying to talk uh, Seth Rollins into working with them, <laughs> and then going to Finn Balor, you know, begging them to take them on. Pretty funny stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that they go for the faces instead of the heels because yeah, I mean they were with the Miz. They were they were with the Miz. Uh, I like that they were completely prepared to talk to these guys by having that person's uh, T-shirt on under well, their yeah. jackets. 
I mean, you got to market yourself. <laughs> you you have this you have this proposed idea. You have to market it. I don't know if this is going to be a, a regular thing where they're going to keep trying to reach out to everybody on the roster on Raw, but uh, I hope they do something with them soon because I do like Bo Dallas. Uh, Axel, they don't do enough with, really, personally, so I'd like to see what they're capable of again. I don't know. If they keep relying on those WWE store t-shirts, I think they might get a visit from the pa- fashion police. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre are a thing now. Um, they're get- like a couple. I could get I behind we, that. I guess we ship them. Yeah. Is that is that what's happening? I guess so. I, I could get behind that. I mean, it's it, it, it looks like it, it could work. McIntyre cut an incredible promo after that match, saying um, where he essentially telling us what his character is at this point, and he's just going to gun through everybody in the company, flat out calling out WWE, saying, "Hey, listen, I know that I'm not what WWE wants, but I'm not what the universe wants." I, he's he's calling himself Batman. Essentially, yeah, yeah, he's like that Christian Bale Batman thing going on there. Yeah, I do want to see what he's what he's capable of and, and what they're going to do with him. I I'm looking forward to this. No, I, honestly, I was not thrilled by the promo. It seemed pretty darn generic to me. But I am totally excited to see him speak more in the ring than uh, than on the mic. Right. Uh, and I am I na- I now have a new dream match for Raw, and that's going to be Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. That could be cool. I, uh, I, that could be a great SummerSlam matchup, and yeah. you don't even need a belt on either of the two guys to make it a draw. That would be something I would look forward to on a show. Absolutely. Given that we have a a dearth of belts at the moment and an overabundance of people wanting the belts, I I, I think having a a set of wrestlers who can do really good matches without needing a belt, right, is important, right. Speaking of belts and who has them, you know, there seems to be a lack of the one-on-one lately with the company. Yeah, I've noticed that. And I, I, I'm I, not digging the fact, I know that there's a huge roster. There's a huge mm-hmm. roster for both shows. But I'm not digging that 80% of the matches that we watch on each show has multiple people in the ring. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of lose that one-on-one dynamic that helps develop a character. And we have a mishmash of people just getting thrown together to fight. That doesn't really enhance them character-wise or storyline-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel the same way, Peter? I uh, no, I'm I'm pretty much wistful for the days of uh, the, the the Saturdays of WWE superstars, where you know you you might see the big boss man and Bruce the Barber Beefcake fight each other and not see them again for two or three weeks right right right. you know it's uh you not you don't have to feature everybody every week uh start up and get these these rivalries going if you're concerned about people losing interest we now live in an age of social media and online things where you can release youtube promos or start a twitter war between the two wrestlers and that will carry people's attention from week to week. You don't have to have them on your t- nationally televised TV show every week. Well, stuff like this, too, personally, I think is going to wind up hurting the pay-per-views moving forward now that they're combined. We're not having the Raw pay-per-views and the SmackDown pay-per-views anymore, so you kind of have to reduce the storytelling yeah. at this point, too. Now. Everybody's going to be fighting for... Uh for for pay-per-view space you know so it, it, it's a hard it's a hard thing and i hope the company actually does what's best for business if i have to steal that line from them but like you know do something to actually help your guys out too yeah 
Uh, speaking of people doing things to help your guys, uh, can we talk about the Alexa Bliss bully promo? Oh, do we have to? Or PSA-ish <laughs> oh, no. thing. Uh, I've oh, been your hearing, moment of bliss? I've been hearing lots of people talking about how this is was like the most wonderful thing that they've seen in a long time. Really? And such, such a great heel thing for, uh, for Alexa. I hated it. I did so. This was awful. I mean, they're taking a serious topic about bullying that WWE proclaims to care an awful lot about. Right. I mean, they've never. I think we've mentioned this on previous shows. They've never really done much of a. Uh, it's always been a do as we say, not as we do mm-hmm. kind of relationship with their anti-bullying campaign. But to uh, actually demonstrate and call out bullying tactics by alexa bliss and then have her turn around and pretend to be the victim yeah it's it it, it doesn't work this is borderline offensive to me yeah i i felt uneasy watching it i almost actually changed the channel yeah uh this is not the kind of heat that you want wwe uh please wrap this up quickly Mm -hmm. and have a serious good message with it you have an opportunity here it's organic it's it's grown to grown up by itself just uh just go with it please please okay uh yeah the greatest royal rumble is coming up did you know that i did where did you hear that i heard it every five minutes on raw and smackdown really that must mean that you were only paying attention for about half of it, because I heard it about every 15 seconds. <laughs> I, I, I also did not appreciate matches actually getting downsized on my screen to something barely visible while they promoted the, the, the Greatest Royal Rumble yeah, on the I've, screen. I've been a little annoyed at them uh, advertising during their own programming that way Yeah, for a while now, but this is just so gone beyond for the greatest royal rumble listen i get it you want to make sure that everyone's aware you want to make sure that people see it. it's a big event for them it, it, mm-hmm. it, you know it's got potential of being super huge for them but advertise elsewhere everybody who's watching this is gonna already know already about knows it. about it exactly yeah and we don't need more we we actually got to see big Cass on his first major appearance on smackdown during ms tv opening up smackdown on Tuesday. Yeah, let's call this a major appearance. Well, I mean, I think that this actually helps set where he's going come, uh, with him coming back. You know, and he was a heel when he left. And I mean, I had mixed things about the whole split up, but he pretty much is letting us all know what he's doing. He's going to be gunning for uh, Daniel Bryan, which is funny because The Miz is also gunning for Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, I personally think The Miz works better when he's got a team like the Miztourage with him or his wife actually doing underhanded stuff to help him out. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think he works completely solo well. So I think something like maybe putting him and Cass together could be a, a fun thing for a while. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Enzo and Cass too. Huh? Uh, except with a less entertaining version of Enzo. Albeit, you know, a less, oh, let's say controversial. I have other words I want to use, but we'll use controversial figure than Enzo. I don't. I don't think Big Cass helped himself at all with that promo. I mean, he basically cut Drew McIntyre's promo from the night before. It, again, the Drew McIntyre one to begin with was very generic. And Big Cass, how many guys have to come out and say, "I want to be the next big thing. I want to be the top of the company. I want to be the big guy." 
there's only room for one big guy. Okay, Big Cass is a solid dude. Solid wrestler. I have always liked him. But, you know, at this point in his career, he's a solid mid-carder. Right. Okay, it's way too soon to try and push him into the main event. So don't have him talking about wanting to be the main event. Mm -hmm. You know, let him carve out a place for himself on the mid-card and stop making the mid-card be an embarrassment. Okay. You know, the mid-card in WWE is still a part of the biggest show in the industry. You know, you're, you've still made the big leagues. There's nothing to be ashamed about being in the mid-card, and the mid-card should be much more solid, especially when we're giving so much of the spotlight to part-timers like Brock Lesnar. Right. Next up, the the Iconics came out on SmackDown and won their very first match. Iconics? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? I think so. I don't understand how you put two eyes together. and <laughs> Or is that two eyes? Or is it an I and an L? I don't know. I thought know. it might be the Ilconics. <laughs> this, this is not... They've not helped themselves. I don't know. But, uh, no, they, they did come out and win their, their first match on SmackDown as part of the main roster now. It's that easy to beat Asuka now. What is up with this? Like, they spend, what, two or three years building up Asuka as, unde mm -hmm. uh, like, as undefeated, impossible to beat. Mm -hmm. And she has her match with Charlotte at Mania, and now all of a sudden, it's is it the, is it the Goldberg syndrome? I mean, well, honestly, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, this is this is essentially the same thing. If you remember when the when uh, Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker's undefeated streak, uh, if you remember the Monday after that, uh, the Undertaker did come out and lose to the Brooklyn Brawler. Wait, what? Huh? What? Oh yeah, it's basically the exact same thing. Okay. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, that didn't happen. No. Oh, so so Oscar losing after uh, Oscar losing to the Iconics is new. I, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was confused. <laughs> Wrapping things up, just a word about weird finishes. Oh, man. We had a couple of those this week. What? Ken, you brought up the women's 10-woman uh, tag match. Yeah, it was a five-on-five -five tag match uh, led by uh, Natalia and uh, the other side, I, I guess... Alexa Bliss or the Riot Squad, whichever yeah. one is going to think they're more dominant. But it was just weird. After the decimation in the ring, they just decided to have Ronda Rousey come out because why not? Let's bring Ronda Rousey out. And dis and then disqualify the match, you know, essentially. And um, why bother? You had this thing, and you're already doing these multi-person matches. Let it finish out and play mm -hmm. out. Why do you have to keep interrupting, disturbing it, and just making it a no-draw? Yeah, I... I, I don't really understand. I can it, make a case for this being a Rhonda saw her friends in danger and came out to make a point. I guess. And being that she's new to the industry, maybe she didn't give the consideration to the fact that this actually costs them the match. But would but, she ever have done that in, in UFC anyway? Oh, yeah. That happens in UFC all the time. <laughs> Come on. I, I should mention that I don't actually watch UFC. I know. <laughs> I just imagine matches, and they play out, I'm assuming, pretty realistically. Uh, the cyborgs... The, the, there is a cyborg in UFC, right? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, and and I, he battles unicorns, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, Badass you know unicorns. You, you nailed UFC perfectly. It's a. Uh, it's you summed much it up perfectly, thought. yeah. And Conor McGregor's there. Yeah, he's he, <laughs> Conor McGregor. 
actually has these, in my mind, these awesome fights with Peter Rabbit. Because I assume that Connor is Mr. McGregor from the Peter Rabbit <laughs> oh uh, books. Wow. But that's uh, that's just uh, that. Uh, actually, the really interesting things are when uh, Randy Orton fights Shelton Benjamin. What was that? Like that was an easy win for Orton if you were gonna if that, if that was on the card in sure. my eyes. And you you uh, you have a the stereotypical guy runs in costs the guy costs the big guy the match that should have been his, mm-hmm. uh, and it's th- some masked dude that Corey Graves immediately identified as Wade Wilson. Yes. Which I thought was funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, but then we remove his mask and find out that it's Sunil Singh. Why? I, I, I don't know. Was he, in fact, drafted to Raw? I, I thought so. I, They've implied it. He keeps showing up there and still introducing Jinder Mahal. So why would he even be there? It makes no sense. No, I and not in a good way. Not in a, no. oh, I want to find out what happens next kind of way. No, it was, it was a throwaway. Yeah. So who knows? But if you want to find out what happens next, you should tune in next week for another spine-tingling episode of the Wrestling Recap. Until then, I'm Big Papa Pete. I'm Wongshot Ken. Stay classy, Philadelphia. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.